Jasmine and Beauty Podcast starts right now. Back here on the Asmund and Budic Show on BICRadio.org, Tune In Radio, and we will be podcasting this show on ICTV.org and on iTunes. The phone number to get involved, 607-274-1842. To wrap up the end of this first hour of the show, I teased it earlier. I want to follow through. I want to talk about my experience up in Buffalo, and this is a bit of a serious topic because I was absolutely disgusted by the horror show that I went through going to the Bills game. And let me give some clarification to what happened. I went to the game with my brother, who is a freshman at the University of Buffalo, Ben Beatty, who's now joining us here. He is our board op. He was at the game with me. We go to the game. The three of us are wearing Jets gear. We're wearing Jets jerseys. We're going as Jets fans. It's no secret. We're not going to be rude. We're not going to be disrespectful to the Bills fans. Of course not. I want to make that very clear. So we go there into the parking lot. We're tailgating with some friends we know there before the game. And we're getting booed at. People are saying the you know the the a word to us, chanting at us, all that good stuff. Whatever, that's all fine. That's being a fan. I've been the Yankees, Red Sox. I've seen Jets, Pats. I know what that's like. That's all fine with me. My issues were when we actually sat down and started watching this game. The disgusting, horrible things that I can't even say. I basically can't say any of them on air. Because it violates FCC regulations. That's we wouldn't the kind want of, that. That's the kind that. of stuff that was being said to us. And this was something that was horrible from the minute the game started. Beer being poured on my seat. People blowing into my ears. Waving their Bruce Smith towels that they gave out to all the fans and in attendance. touching you. Touching my brother's sweatshirt back. Touching my back. Ben was getting into it too. It was disgusting. These people were absolutely disgraceful for them to conduct themselves in the way they did. We were three college kids standing there trying to watch a football game and they made it a miserable experience to a point where it almost became personal that the Jets needed to win so I could scream and celebrate enjoying that victory unlike anything I've ever experienced in my entire life. But it was an awful experience. I will never go back and shame on Buffalo Bills fans because a lot of them have reached out to me and said, that's what always happens there. I'm sorry you had to go through it. Well, you know what? Let me tell you something. That would never happen at MetLife Stadium between Jets, Pats, Giants, Eagles. That would never happen. That would never Even happen. Jets, Bills, that would never happen. It at would MetLife never Stadium. happen of at not. Yankees, Red Sox. It was absolutely disgraceful. And the fact that no one even near us said anything for most of the game disgusting. And to top it all off, it got so bad with the stuff that they were saying to us that random Bills fans went and got someone from security to talk to these horrendous people behind us. That's how bad it was. Ben, you were, of course, there. Some anti-Semitic remarks were made to you. I mean, I'm not just talking about your typical like fan-on-fan stuff. That's all fine. I understand we're going to get that wearing jet shirts in Buffalo. This was horrible, disgraceful, and shame on all those people and all the people that did nothing because no fan should ever have to experience what we went through. I felt terrible for you, Ben. It was your first football game. I felt bad for my freshman brother. I mean, these people were horrendous. Oh, you you and it was it. disgusting. And, it. and shame on Buffalo Bills fans. I will never go back to Buffalo. I will never say a nice thing about that city. I hope they go 0-16. And Rex Ryan, when he gets fired, good. Because he's getting out of the worst town in America. And yeah, I just I want to reiterate before we delve uh, much further into this. These were grown men, grown men and women and women. Right. So we're not talking about these were in college. We're kids. not talking about no. seniors at the drunk seniors at the University no, of Buffalo. No, we're not. We're not talking or about drunk, the Cortica or, Jug. or drunk seniors in high about, school. We're not talking about Ithaca Cortland fans at the Cortica Jug. No, we are talking about these guys are forty-five-year-old grown men. It's, it's disgusting. Disgusting. That is disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. 
there and you know you you felt like maybe you know they they were very drunk maybe their wives could help out a little bit say hey guys let's relax I'm sure they were drunk too they were even they oh. were even drunker uh, and they were even more crude than they were so it just got so and this far started out of let, let me get and this started just 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 to get a, a perspective of this started the second you sat down before kickoff it was relentless yep, yep. Relentless, yes. and I'll say right this too. We, right as we sat down, it got to a point where it's like just tip your cap because this was nonstop, and I can I, I wish, I really wish I could repeat on air what was said. Think of the most disgusting, horrible things someone could say about your parents, your family, your religion. It, and the fact that religion was even being made a part of this it's at a football re- it's game absolutely it's ridiculous. disgusting. Let alone anti-Semitic remarks. No religion should ever be made a part of fan heckling, if you even want to call it heckling, because this is way above heckling. It was an awful, awful situation. If you want more of the things that happened, I did a whole rant on Twitter the other day about this, at Jake Asman. But I was, it was just so upsetting to see that this is the type of people that go to Buffalo Bills games. And I talked to other Bills fans, and a lot of them, to their credit, have reached out to me, apologized, said I'm tired of defending this team, so on and so forth. But I just felt terrible for you, Ben. I know it was your first NFL well, that, game. And, that's where and thank God the Jets won. Otherwise, and, and, that would have been the worst night ever. And that's you know, I wasn't with you guys. But that's what annoys me the most. Because I remember my first NFL game. And, and it was nothing like that. So, you know, and, and if anyone says, well, that's the NFL game for you. It's a very physical sport. It's not I, true. That's garbage. Because in no way should you be at a sporting event. Um, nevertheless, a football, an NFL football game where your team is playing, I understand it's on the road and you're playing a divisional opponent and Buffalo's a big rival to the Jets. We understand that. But there's no reason for you to be sitting in your seat getting screamed at, getting sworn at. Being touched. Uh, uh, being touched. They're touching it's ridiculous. Us. These it's drunken idiots are spilled touching beer, us beer. all over my seat. It's terrible. Oh, it, horrible. And it's just the fact that this goes on at an NFL game, let alone a, a, a game w- involving, you know, Three college kids just watching an NFL game. And you're not bothering anyone. And we weren't in the nosebleeds either. So that's another question people ask me. Well, where are you sitting? In the 300s at Ralph Wilson Stadium? No. We had very good seats. We were in the corner of the end zone in the lower bowl. We had, we saw everything. It was a terrific game, terrific night. It would have been amazing, absolutely amazing, if none of this crap happened. But that's the kind of st- stuff that we were dealing with. It was horrible. And, Ben, I know you being there at your first NFL game, I know we talked about it. It didn't ruin your experience. No. But the fact that you had to even go through that, it's just disgraceful, just horrible. Shame on Buffalo Bills fans. Shame on anyone who would ever treat anyone, not just us, but other Jet fans we know that were there that went through similar situations. Absolutely horrible. That would never happen at Jets pads, Yankees, Red Sox, Mets, Phillies. You name the rivalry, it would never happen. Definitely Shame not. on the city of Buffalo and those fans for the way they act. Oh, de- definitely yeah. not. Definitely not. No. Ben, what were you going to say? I mean, we're just. I, was, I just want to, re- uh, you know, emphasize the fact that the three of us were from. I'm from New York City. I'm from Brooklyn. You guys are from Long Island. We're not from places where, you know, it's an almost sheltered, you know, soft attitude. We're from places with hard nosed people who give it to you as it is. Who will heckle you at sporting events? But I oh, or, I've been heckling or, or even on Listen, the street. Heckling at sporting events is normal. That's a normal. If you go to a, game, an opposing stadium and you wear opposing you're team gonna gear, get heckled. you should be. Then that's not even what we're it's saying. Part of the this spirit. was not heckling. This, this was, was above it. And this was and that's where the issue is. And these people did not even take a look at the game. They admitted to us at one point. I don't even know what's going on. They were so far beyond inebriated. That they could not good even word, understand. Good word. I like it. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> I try to expand my vocab, especially listening to people like that. I want to be nothing yeah, like yelling right. anti-Semitic <laughs> remarks at you as you're trying Horrible. to watch an NFL Horrible. football Disgusting. game. Horrible. And, and, here you, and you know what the thing is? Is you pay people pay a hundred plus dollars to go to these games. This was a prime time NFL ge- Thursday night football game. You should not be sitting in your seat having issues like that.
And I had a great experience, first of all. I will, I, and honestly, it, it bolstered my, my fandom of the New York Jets. I mean, I, it made the game so personal and put it on such a different level that I have really, like, a great personal tie to the New York Jets now. And I, I'm, I'm excited to watch them play more this year. But I, I hope the Buffalo Bills never win a Super Bowl. And, and I mean that. Well, and, and you know I what? mean that. You know what I the funny it. thing is? is if people, they probably prob- people probably have said that before, had similar experiences, and the Buffalo Bills have never won a Super Bowl. And they so, never will. Well, they, they never, never will. will. You know what? They went to four straight Super Bowls, and they never won any of them. And here's another thing, too. This is the same organization. I want to make this point known to everyone, because I don't think it's been talked enough about, considering the fact that this person was recently in the news for their, a seven-part documentary made about him. This is the same organization that has O.J. Simpson honored still in their ring of honor. His number 32 and his name is still up there. This guy killed two people and is in jail for a separate crime. And he's being honored by this disgusting franchise and their disgusting fan base. You're right. It's almost to the point. It is. I guess I'm not necessarily surprised his number is still retired. But I'm surprised it's it's still up there in their ring of honor. That's a little surprising. It says 32 O.J. Simpson. If the franchise doesn't want to issue the number, that's one thing. To have it hanging up right there in the center of the Ring of Honor, as if he's this, you know, holier than I mean, holy, he, holy I mean, t- person t- on the whole t- Well, the thing is, 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 the thing is, is when you look at O.J. Simpson, the football player, he was the greatest Buffalo Bill of all time. And it shows, you, it shows you a lot about this franchise, that they're, they're top one or two best players of all time. You could say Jim Kelly, fine, but if not Jim Kelly, it's O.J. Simpson. O. Jim Kelly and O.J. are right up there as the two O.J. Simpson's your, your, arguably your best player in the history of your franchise. He's in jail. He's in prison, and you're still honoring him. I mean, he's a murderer. The, man, the man's a murderer. He, he killed two he people. Killed, he killed two he's people, and you said he's in, he's in uh, jail for a separate crime. But, you know, the bottom line is, is is in no way should you be going to a football game. I don't care where it is. I don't care if it's in Buffalo, New York. I don't care if it's in Jacksonville, Florida, or MetLife Stadium in, in New Jersey. There's no reason for you. No, you should no. feel safe, and you should feel okay, even though you're wearing opposing team's gear. I understand that. And you're going to get heckled. You're going to get cursed at. You know, you, people are going to say things to you. But, you know... It was to the point, it sounds like it was to the point that was just unbearable and really just ridiculous. Well, let me tell you something. We did not feel safe. There were certain points where we were legitimately fearing for our safety. We had game plans on how we were going to get out of there, whether we we had to shed our jet scare at one point. Which is absolutely ridiculous. Here's here's how bad it was, ready? We had to take our, we didn't feel comfortable wearing our Jets jerseys that we were wearing in the parking lot after the game. The minute the game ended and we were leaving the stadium, walking out, I instructed the guys and we all did it. We took off our jerseys and we held them in our in the, in the corner of our arms, just so no one saw Which that we were wearing ridiculous. the Jets jerseys. Just the fact that that even had to happen in 2016 at an NFL football game is deplorable. And the entire Bills organization, the NFL, who prides themselves on a family sport. Yeah, I I, I want to make this very clear. Pathetic. It was not everyone. It's not the entire organization. Of course, but not. the entire organization has to take responsibility for their fans, and their fans are disgraceful. And this wasn't just a couple. This was like eight, nine, ten fans all sitting behind us, and everyone around us, for the most part, did nothing. And shame on those people. Shame on the people saying the anti-Semitic remarks. That never should happen at an NFL football game. It should never happen in general. But the fact that we paid good hard money to go see an NFL game and this type of crap happens is disgraceful. 
Disgraceful. I will never go back there. And anyone who ever wants to give money to the Buffalo Bills organization to go to a game, save your money, don't go. Terrible experience. Terrible building. Don't ever go. Don't not, ever go. Not even for the novelty. I mean, I've been I've been to ballparks that are garbage. You know, first of all, that's it's it's not a very nice stadium in general. Oh, I mean, we, it's Buffalo. Is I anything mean, nice there? <laughs> right, no, nothing. I mean, it, yes, it's not it's not it, it's not the state of the art stadium. It's an old stadium. But but in general, don't just don't go. I could not agree with Jake more. Just don't go. Just save your money. Don't go. Don't deal with this. And it's a shame that I you had that. It's a shame. You won't have a and good time. And you know, it's a real shame that you had that type of experience. It really is a shame because it was, like Jake said, it was a great football game. The Jets won. It was a great game. It was a great game. Oh, did game. they win? I made sure the people behind this knew that they and won. And I would, too. They would not have known if we had not done that. And I can only imagine. And I can only imagine how bad it was when the Bills took a 24-20 to 20 lead. One of the worst moments. When it was unraveling, and after the, the Jets had the fumble by uh, Marshall, and the Bills go right down the field on that busted play and score with Greg Salas, of all people. Greg that, Salas! And they're up 24-20. I, I thought I was going to cry. It was just that. It was just <laughs> the it was the wor- one of the worst moments of my life, that feeling of helplessness and hearing it from them behind well, us. Well, that's the thing, hearing it. It's like one thing to be losing and to lose in a game you know you're going to win. That you're winning, that you know you should be winning, but to, ha- to hear but it behind you, but I couldn't even enjoy like it honestly. Yeah, like terrible. the Jets won, it was I celebrated when they did good things when they scored, but the fact that when when you know when they weren't when they were just driving or the Bills had the ball, it just didn't even matter. Outside of when the Jets actually did score and I could actually let out like a scream and be excited, it was just a terrible game experience because of those fans. And here's another thing that happened too, just to put it, another example out there. I had brought binoculars with me to see into the huddle just so I could see because where we were on the field, we were on the near side end zone. So when the ball was all the way on the other side of the field and they were driving the opposite way, it's a little tough to see what was going on sometimes. So I brought binoculars with me, the same binoculars I use when we call football games for WICB and Ithaca Bombers football. So here I am with my binoculars just trying to look at what's going on in the field and these awful, disgraceful, deplorable human beings behind us take their fingers and start rubbing their hands in front of me as I'm trying to like see through my binoculars. Oh, That's the type of nonsense that was going on it by was, these... It was just these, so unnecessary. I can't even say what I want to say, but th- that's the type of nonsense that was going on behind us. It's so a, excessive, it's a, so unnecessary, it's and just sh- ridiculous. It's a shame. It really is a shame that you had to deal with that. And for Ben, obviously being your first uh, your first NFL football game, that's not something you know. I don't think you'll ever experience again if you go to an NFL football no, game, I quite frankly. Not. You'll never forget your first NFL football game. I'll that's tell you that much. True. I mean, I, I still what a great time. It was great to finally get to a football game. But yeah, for sure. And just overall, not something I would ever recommend to any Jet fan, any Patriot fan. Just don't go. Save yourself the, the money. Save yourself a, what could be a terrible experience. It's embarrassing. Buffalo Bills fans should be embarrassed that those are the type of people that you have in your fan base. And I don't want to hear, well, every fan base has those type of people. That may be true, but this was obscene. This was ridiculous. This was something that I could never have predicted would ever be an issue. I expected some heckling. You're going on the road. Primetime game. Jets gear, fine. This was bullying. This was anti-Semitic comments. This was everything you don't want at what the NFL tries to describe as a family event, taking your family to a football game. Not the case, and that, above anything else, was just disgraceful. Unflippable, unflappable, unleakable. The Gusbuster is the only umbrella that won't flip inside out, rip, tear, or leak. Capable of withstanding winds over 55 miles per hour. All of our umbrellas are constructed of the finest quality materials and backed by a limited lifetime guarantee. What are you waiting for? Visit GusBuster.com and get your GusBuster today.
You are listening to the Asman and Butte podcast on ICTV.org and on iTunes. So here's where you are if you're the Bills. You're not going to have a head coach by the end of the year. You just fired your offensive coordinator, who's also the highest paid offensive coordinator in football. He's gone. You're still paying him for the next couple of years. You're not going to have a GM because Doug Whalen might be fired. Now he's going on, what, a second or third coach if Rex gets fired at the end of the year? So you're just an absolute mess if you're Buffalo, and I don't feel bad for you one bit. Well, you know what? The bottom line is is that um, they're just not a good defensive team, and the Jets really— So what is Rex Ryan if the team he's coaching is not good on defense? He's, he's not... a bad NFL coach is what he well, is. No, you're absolutely right, and that's why I felt like just it was just such a scapegoat opportunity for them to fire Greg Roman as if all their issues— and it felt like—and I know they're not going to say this, but they, it felt like they were saying, well, we're firing Greg Roman, our offensive coordinator, so everything's going to be better now. It was like, come on, give me a break. The, the offense, I understand it's not that good of an offense, and they have their issues. But again, I'll say this again, Tyrod Taylor is their starting quarterback. He stinks. He's not a good NFL quarterback. He's very mediocre. So I'm just not ready to be sold on Tyrod Taylor being an NFL quarterback. So how much can you blame Greg Roman when his personnel is just not that good? They have a very good wide receiver in Sammy Watkins who was playing on one foot. The, uh, on Thursday night. And you could tell it clearly affected him. Oh, it clearly affected him. And their quarterback's not that good. So why are you t- you're telling me Greg Roman's not a good offensive coordinator and he's worthy of getting fired uh, two weeks into the season when your quarterback is just not very good? And for the most part, you don't, you don't have very good offensive weapons besides Sammy Watkins. Who's hurt? So don't tell me the offense is the issue with the with the, the Buffalo Bills. The issue with the Buffalo Bills is they're not a very good team, and they're very, very poorly coached by Rex Ryan. Because once again, they will lead the league in penalties. Um, that's just that's a Rex Ryan trait. And what specific penalty will they lead the league in? Too many men on the many field. Men on the and field. how sweet it was watching the game in the stands when that call happened against the Jets. You saw too many men on the field. I started laughing and went, typical Rex Ryan. It really that's is. what's it's been the case for this guy in his eight years now coaching in the NFL. I agree with you. It's not a coincidence the Jets were the number one penalized team in the National Football League when he was their head coach, and last year the Bills were. It's not a coincidence, and the probably, I'd bet money on it, the Bills are going to be the most penalized team in the NFL again this year if Rex Ryan makes it the whole season as the Bills head coach. Well, if you go back to the opening drive of that football game, the Jets converted on third and long opportunities, both on penalties in that opening drive that led to a, a field goal for them to start the game off. So right off the bat, Jeff fans, we got to see firsthand Rex Ryan has not changed as a head coach at all. And I like Rex personally. I'll always be thankful for the job he did his first two years with the Jets. But the bottom line is with this guy is I thought maybe he should have taken a year off, regathered himself, would have been a hot commodity this this past offseason for several different coaching jobs. Instead, he takes the Buffalo Bills job, and it's very similar team, great defense, no quarterback, and he hasn't changed at all. He's still defense first. His offense is still mediocre and when you look at what he's been able to do since he's been in Buffalo, he talks, 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 didn't change a bit when he was the Jets head coach and it's going to be the same result with him not making the playoffs, Buffalo again not making the playoffs. Once again, they haven't made it since 1999 and Rex Ryan will not be the head coach at the end of the season. I can't see a situation where he is. They're 0-2 right now. I you know their I, next two games? Arizona at home and then at New, New England. It's England. So, 0-4. 0-4. I, I can't, he might not make it the whole season. And nevertheless, be the head coach in 2017. My issue is with the Buffalo Bills is Rex Ryan, I agree exactly with exactly what you just said a moment ago. He gets fired from the Jets job. 
And I don't know, he, he gets the Bills job immediately, and we both said it was a horrible decision for him to take that job. Same situation with the Jets, no quarterback, same type of, uh, I guess, feel as far as defense team, good defensive team the year before, and, you know, a struggling offensive team. They had, obviously, Sammy Watkins. But I agree with you. He made no adjustments in the way, obviously, he coaches. And you know what? Maybe that has to do with his coaching staff, which the, he brings the same coaching staff he had with the Jets. Anthony oh, Lynn's not getting the done for you? Anthony Lynn, I, the bottom line is... Sanjay Lal, the it, new it, wide receiver no, it's just it's the, same, it's the same coaching staff. It's the same guys. He just brought them over from Florham Park, and he boosted them up to Buffalo. And then also... It feels like he takes all the guys that didn't work out with the Jets, the New York Jet rejects, and you know we're both Jets fans, so we can relate to the fact that we see all this, that we see Greg Salas playing receiver for the Buffalo Bills. But Greg Salas was a bad receiver on the Jets, and really, in my opinion, has no business being in the league. He was not a good receiver with the Jets. I don't understand. He was Geno Smith's number one I target. Mean, yeah, but I don't understand how Rex Ryan would um, would put him in there and, and make him a, a top target, and really the second best receiver they have. The second best receiver they have. Ledger Doosable is on that team. Of course, this is the Ike same organization that signed Ike. You know, the man that saved the Jets season by punching Geno Smith out. And you know what? It's almost like in, we said at the time last year, what is Rex trying to do? What's his motive? What's his M.O. with with, with, with just with everything? It feels like sometimes... And he's an eater now. He's gained 30 pounds. Well, well, it, back but some, it sometimes feels like that Rex is just going to put on this performance and throw you-know-what against the wall and hope it sticks. It really what it feels like at this point with Rex Ryan. Well, now at 0-2, his season is on the line. His career in Buffalo is on the line. And his head coaching career is on the line, too. He will, This was his... Op- he was going to get a second chance. We said that when he got fired by the Jets, he was going to get a second chance. And he chance. deserved a second he chance. He deserved one. I'm so, I was so for him getting another shot at the job. I thought he should have taken a year off, regroup, maybe reflect on why he got fired as the Jets head coach. And if he was going to take and another job, here's the th- here's the final point on this. If he was going to take another job, take another job with a quarterback already in place. None of this. I oh, would do it. This is Tyrod Taylor. I mean, this is the, when he took over. This was a team that was coming off a nine win season with Kyle Orton as its quarterback. You lose Orton, you're battling with EJ Manuel. You end up giving the job to Tyrod Taylor. You don't know really what you have in him. And the biggest issue for Rex, and we said this before is the fact that he's a defensive coach, supposed to be a defensive guru, and his defense I is mean, stuck Re- now going on for two and years. And Rex is his own worst enemy. He's his own worst enemy. He puts himself in these positions. And listen, he did it with the Jets. In his first two years, they were a playoff team, so his, you know, he, was, he had some leeway to, 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 to do his shtick and be Rex Ryan and be boisterous and be loud. But tell you what, team didn't make the playoffs for a couple years, that wears thin. Here now, two years in Buffalo. Hey, remember, he hasn't done anything in Buffalo. Well, no one, no one no cares th- that he took the Jets to two AFC championships. He has no built-up cliche ago. with anything in Buffalo. Buffalo Bills fans are ready to fire him right now. Anything he did with the Jets, it means nothing to these Bills fans. Oh, it means nothing. And it, and it shouldn't mean anything. It's also, a, I mean, we were talking about this off the air. The Jets were in the AFC championship game when we were sophomores in high school. We're now seniors in college. That was a long time ago. A long ago time ago, and, and it's long forgotten because those two AFC Championship game years were followed up with some really, really bad seasons with Rex Ryan at the helm, and it ended up getting him fired. And he takes the head coach of the Buffalo Bills. Seems like just because he wanted to be a head coach again. I'll tell you what, he is. He will not be another head coach in this league. He will not. He will not get another opportunity. This is his final opportunity, and his ego, I think, is too big to ever be a defensive coordinator again. I don't think he'll get another head coaching opportunity. So what could end up happening is. He could go to ESPN, Fox, CBS. He'll do something in broadcasting, and, and he'll make something. a lot of money like John Gruden does. Even if he was willing to be a defensive coordinator, which I agree with you, I don't think he is. If he was willing, what head coach wants to bring him on? 
Uh, it's you see, it's tricky because the head coach would have to be willing to understand that your defensive coordinator is probably going to be a lot more popular than you as a head coach. And, and and I think that is scary for a lot of head coaches, and I think they they'd be hesitant to bring him in. So I, I don't think Rex Ryan even would be guaranteed a defensive coordinator job if he wanted one, which I agree with. Well, you. What I, are the I Patriots? Well, and yeah. Belichick, you know. Imagine. Could you imagine? Could you I can't imagine. Will never happen. He will not happen. be a defensive no, coordinator. They, no, I didn't want to not. think about it. I think he's going to go to TV. Probably will. He'll do Absolutely. a good job. We'll call games with you. <laughs> Either way, I don't think Rex Ryan will get another opportunity in the NFL. This was his second chance. He deserved it. And you know what? Quite frankly, he made no adjustments after leaving the Jets. And it's going to cost him his job in Buffalo. The Asman and Budic Show is presented by Wings Over Ithaca and Gus Buster Umbrellas. We've got 20 minutes left in the show. Asman Budic Show here on BIC Radio. Turning to the Mets a little bit. Some baseball Some talk. Some baseball action. We've been doing football for the first and hour right, and 40 minutes. so. We're in football season. It's week two. It's week two. There's a lot to talk about. But baseball season is still around. And the Mets are uh, completed a three-game sweep of the Minnesota Twins. And I know that's not that impressive. The Minnesota Twins are the worst team in baseball. But I'll tell you what. The San Francisco Giants lost to the Cardinals today, and that puts the New York Mets in sole possession of the top wild card spot in the National League playoffs. Second wild card spot, obviously, is now with the Giants. They have a Mets have a one game lead over the Giants and a two game lead over the Cardinals. And it wasn't that long ago, a month ago calendar, the Mets were 60 and 62, five and a half games behind the Cardinals for that second wild card spot. A month later, they go 20 and seven, and now are in sole possession of the top wild card spot in the National League. And you said it; they swept the Minnesota Twins. Didn't look like that was going to happen. Curtis Granderson during the game yesterday. It's two really home runs in extra innings, one in the eleventh to tie it. Then another one in the twelfth inning to win it. I mean, Curtis Granderson's a guy that we've been making fun of all year because guys got almost thirty home oh, he's runs been awful. and like fifty RBIs. Should be having a thirty and a hundred type year. It's been terrible for this Mets team outside of a couple home runs, but came up big on Saturday. And if he gets going, that helps. But in typical Met fashion, as they sweep the Minnesota Twins, the news that comes out is that Jacob Degrom, who they thought they might be able to get back just in time for this playoff run, is going to miss the rest of the season. Yeah, tough loss not having Degrom in there. Degrom really hasn't pitched though in about three weeks, so they've been rolling out. You know, Seth Lugo, who's done such a tremendous job for the Mets and really is a guy, and I was talking about this with our board op, Ben Ben Beatty, huge Mets fan before we went on the air. This is a guy now in Seth Lugo, Jake, that is going to start a playoff game for the Mets. If they do, you know, get into the playoffs, win that wild card uh, game, I know a lot has to happen there, but if they were to go into a divisional round against the Chicago Cubs... Seth Lugo is starting for the New York Mets because they have no other options to start a, a, a game three or game four. You got Syndergaard. You don't know what the deal with Steven Matz is. I thought he was going to pitch today. But they piggybacked to Grom, and it seems like that just didn't happen. Uh, for whatever reason, they decided to push him back a little bit. Maybe they'll get him in uh, this week. So you have Syndergaard. And behind Syndergaard, really, you have Cologne, who's a 14-game winner who's been great. And then you have Seth Lugo, Robert Gazelman. I mean, these are guys that, that, that I never heard of before about six, seven weeks ago. And all of a sudden, you got a couple of guys that are really contributing in the midst of a pennant race to try to push the Mets into the playoffs. And let's give credit to Terry Collins here. Huge credit. Because Mets fans were slamming Terry Collins. Even a lot of Mets fans I know don't think he's a good manager, think he's terrible. 
you got to give the guy credit. When this team was two games under five hundred, they could have easily mailed in the season. It, it seemed like it was over. Had all these injuries, but really, as much credit as you want to give to Terry Collins, the guy that deserves all the credit is Yoannis Cespedes, because without him, this team is terrible. With right. him, they're a pretty good baseball team. It really is remarkable that the minute this guy comes back from the disabled list, he immediately not only just helps this team win games, but he's doing pretty much what he did last year when they traded for him, carrying this team to the playoffs once again. Oh, absolutely, and I think Yoannis Cespedes is just, he's very comfortable. It seems like, and we talked about it a little bit last week, since he has arrived to the New York Mets July 31st, 2015, he has inserted himself and been inserted into that Mets lineup, and he has done such a tremendous job carrying the load, and not only producing, but when the Mets need a hit, every night this guy comes through. Last night, eighth inning, Mets down one nothing. One out, runner on third, he lines a base hit in the center field to tie the game. And the Mets went on to win it in extra innings. You know, they, they don't win that game if Cespedes does. They don't have an opportunity to win that game if Cespedes doesn't come up with the big hit. Night in and night out, Yoannis Cespedes, for the last calendar year, year and almost a half, he has produced for the New York Mets and has been nothing, nothing short of a miracle uh, coming in here from Detroit. I understand you gave up Michael Fulmer, who looks like he's going to win Rookie of the Year in the American League. He's a Cy Young candidate, but I'll tell you what, I'm making the trade again today for Yoannis Cespedes. He's been that good for the New York Mets. And you're right, Jake, he has had that kind of impact where it seems like when he's in that lineup and he's hitting well, everyone around him gets behind him and jumps on his back and starts to hit, and they start to produce offensively. Remember, and I don't have the stats in front of me, but I'd love to know the stats. The Mets going into um, their series with the Giants about a month ago, when they split that four-game series two apiece, it seemed like they were, and they were, for a fact, the worst offense in baseball with runners in scoring position. They couldn't buy a hit with two outs in runners in scoring position. Forget that. They were never going to score. And what happens? They get Cespedes back from the DL. They get his Drupal Cabrera back from the DL. Yes, they lose Neil Walker, but another guy comes off the DL as Drupal Cabrera and Yoannis Cespedes. Those two guys have had such an impact on this lineup. And not to mention getting Jose Reyes back, who has been nothing short of a catalyst at the top of the lineup for the Mets. You cannot be any more happy about the impact Reyes has had since he's come over uh, from Colorado and the Mets brought him in. Remember the the circus that was around that because of obviously why he was did, hadn't played to that point, the domestic violence that happened in the offseason with him and his wife. Either way, he has come in and really has been that spark that the Mets have needed at the top of the order. He's been nothing short of great. They're going to make the playoffs. I mean, they should make the playoffs. They should. I mean, if they, they're, if they're, they don't make the playoffs, I don't care about the injuries. I don't care about I your, agree with you. Your, at your, this point. your negative Met fan attitude. If they don't make the playoffs, the season's a failure. I agree right, with you. Despite everything, they have Cespedes. They have enough in the pitching staff to get this done. The remaining schedule is a joke. Atlanta, Philly, Miami, then Philly. Get into the playoffs. The I Giants have you. collapsed in the second half. This is a playoff or bust team. I don't want to hear. Well, you know, they had a lot of injuries. That was the case when they were sixty and 50, when they were sixty and sixty-two. I agree, I'm with. At you. this point, no excuses. Get into the playoffs. They don't usually get into the playoffs in back-to-back years. Well, here's your chance. And even if you get eliminated in the wild card round with Syndergaard on the mound against either Bumgarner or whoever the Cardinals throw out there, whether whether it's probably going to be Wainwright. You look at this team. They are so close to making the postseason. And with their schedule down the stretch, they should make it. They should make point, it. Find point, a way to get in. They have put themselves in a position by going twenty and seven in their last twenty-seven games over the last month. They have uh, bolstered themselves into a position of a playoff team. They got a two-game lead on the Cardinals. They got a game lead on the Giants. With the schedule they have coming up, Jake, I'm with you. They should be a playoff team. You know they're eighty and sixty-nine right now. 
Is it that ridiculous for them to go 10-3 and three in their final 13 games and finish with 90 wins, the same amount of wins they had a year ago? It's not that outrageous that this Met team wins 90 games. They got 80 right now, and they have such a soft schedule coming up. It's not that ridiculous they go 10-3 and three in their final 13 games and finish with the same record they had a year ago. And then you go red hot into the playoffs with Syndergaard likely going to be your know. starter. You get in, whatever happens, you, happens. And the, the way it is in Major League Baseball, if you get into the playoffs, you have a shot. We saw a year ago what the Mets were able to do, and I understand they're 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 a different team, and they don't have Murphy and the injuries, no Harvey, no Degrom. I'm not saying they're going to go on a run to the World Series, but they're a team that if they get into the playoffs and they get past the wild card round, they could give a team some fits. I'm not saying I, I they can't they can they're going to beat the Cubs. I don't think they'll beat. We've the Cubs. We've seen 83 win baseball teams win the That's World right. Series. It's, just get in, and the Cubs are cursed. They're also cursed. Yeah, well, I, I don't know if they're going to win the, the, the World Series. You don't know. They are the Cubs. That's their worst. And I said this a couple weeks ago to uh, our our producer Connor Weingarten. The only thing the Cubs have against them is that they're the Chicago Cubs, and they haven't won a World Series in 108 years. I mean, that's really the only thing that the Cubs have against them. Nevertheless, they haven't been to a World Series since 1945. So, all I'm saying about the Mets is. They really should at this point with the schedule they have coming up and what they've accomplished to get into this position, which they should be very proud of themselves, that they were able to put themselves in this position, they got to be able to finish it off. they got to make the playoffs at this point. 607-274-1842. It's the Asman and Budic Show on VICradio.org. Tune in radio and podcasted on ICTV.org and iTunes. You just heard us talk all about the Mets. When we come back, we'll break down the Yankees, who just embarrassed themselves up in Boston. Boston ends up coming back after the Yankees led tonight. I think it was 4-0. The Yankees lose 5-4 to to the Red Sox, and the Red Sox sweep them in four games. So we'll talk about the Yankees and at, you know, really didn't look too good for them to make the playoffs going into the series. Realistically, pretty much you can close the door on the season after this four-game sweep. We'll talk all about the Yankees coming up after these words. Unflippable, unflappable, unleakable. The Gusbuster is the only umbrella that won't flip inside out, rip, tear, or leak. Capable of withstanding winds over 55 miles per hour. All of our umbrellas are constructed of the finest quality materials and backed by a limited lifetime guarantee. What are you waiting for? Visit gusbuster.com and get your Gusbuster today. Oh, Ben Beatty. I love this bed music. Ben Beatty continues with the bed music and, and the new VIC system here, Zeta. The bed music they got, I'm feeling it. I really am feeling it. It makes me happy. It makes me happy, too. I really am enjoying it. And I think Ben Beatty's sitting there. He's enjoying it, too. And Ben Beatty's new to our show this year. He's helped us out in the past, but... He's been bored up, and it's been a little rough tonight. Some miscues early on. Yeah, somebody, I, listen, I needed my mic to be turned on, and nobody turned my mic on. And you know there was some issues <laughs> earlier, but We're, we make adjustments on the fly. We're like the Jets' defense. We're looking to make adjustments on the fly. Yeah, but you know Ben Ben was Revis getting beat. You know, early on against Marcus Goodwin we on Thursday. Him, we gave him some help over the top. And he made some plays, and that's all you can hope for as we count down to the end of the show and also the end of my birthday in about six minutes from now. we got about six minutes left in the show, of course. We're on until midnight. We just talked about the Mets, so let's get to the Yankees. And I'm not going to kill this team. I know they just got swept by the Red Sox, but I'll say what I've been saying for really the past three weeks, really since they started playing so well to even get themselves in the midst of the playoff conversation. 
the fact that they're in the conversation, give all the credit in the world to Cashman and to Joe Girardi and the players, because this team is not that good. You could kill them. You could kill them for blowing leads against the Red Sox, but you know what? The Red Sox are the best offensive team in the sport, besides maybe the Cubs. Maybe you can make a case the Red Sox are better than the Cubs. That's how good they are. And I look at this Yankees team. They don't have enough starting pitching. Offensively, they've had a lot of injuries or guys not hitting. I mean, tonight, there was no Jacoby Ellsbury out there, no Starling Castro, and other than Gary Sanchez hitting another home run tonight because he's the next coming of well, Jesus. He's been carrying their lineup. There's really nothing else that can, no one else no, in that I, lineup that can give I'm them a to- chance. I'm totally with you, and even going into this series, I, you've loved what you've seen from the Yankees, but the bottom line was is they don't have enough to be a playoff team. They, they just don't. They just don't, and that's not a knock on the Yankees. It's just the direction they're going in, and they're, they're on the rise. they got a lot of good young players. But what annoys you and, and what annoys me, I think, and really what it probably annoys a lot of Yankee fans here, Jake, I'm sure you could attest to it, is the fact that you're playing the Red Sox, and three of these games the Yankees should have won. Of course, and it's frustrating. But That's the, the most frustrating part, and I understand you weren't expect, but... They had three games in the bag. No, absolutely. And, and let it slide. And the management from Joe Girardi the other night not going to Patances right away to start a clean inning. That was on Thursday to I, open and, up the and, series. And I have a question about that because I thought he was unavailable. Well, that's the problem. And we can get into this, but it's not even worth it. But really, really quickly on this. If you say someone's unavailable, they're unavailable. Don't bring them into the middle of an inning because you need them. Oh, crap, we're about to lose. Let's go to our closer then. He's either able to pitch or he's not. It ends up costing the Yankees a game of Patances did not do a good job either. I don't want to just blame Girardi for that, but Tance is the one that's throwing the pitches. He's got to execute. But this Yankees team going into the day, they were four games back of a wild card. Now they're five games out of a wild card spot. They're, they're kind of There's so many teams point. in front of them. At this point, it is what it is. They've lost Judge now. You've gotten the chance to see the future in Gary Sanchez. You're going to get Greg Bird back next year. And we were talking about this a little bit before the show off the air. You know, a couple years ago, the Cubs, they won 70 games. Now they're the best team in baseball. The Red Sox, two years ago, were in last place. Now they're a team that a lot of people... Weren't they in last place last year? Yeah, but a lot of people think they can win the World Series this year. It does not take that long to rebuild. And the Yankees have now shown you, not only do they have the prospects, but they also have some proven major leaguers that have come up, and they look like they could be big-time players going forward. They need more pitching. They need to find a way to get big-time starting pitching alongside Masahiro Tanaka. But the future's pretty bright for this team. I don't want to sit here and just kill them. Because at the end of the day, they had the third best record in baseball since the trade deadline on August 1st. I mean, what more can they, you possibly ask for? What the Yankees for? have done is tremendous. You cannot doubt that the second half of the season for the Yankees, really post-trade deadline August 1st, they've been great. Gary Sanchez, and I know Judge hasn't, you know, I know he's hurt and he's out for the season, but I'm a really big Judge guy. I think he's going to be a really good major leaguer. They got a lot of good pieces. They made the trades they needed to make, and I'm glad they made them. You, re- you, you refueled the farm system a little bit. You got some fresh blood, some good young talent in now the it, farm system. it's arguably one of the best farm systems Absolutely. in all of baseball. Because the Yankees made the moves necessary, and you're right. They're on the rise. The next couple of years, they're going to be, they're going to be around. They're going to be a good team, but they got to add. They got to get some good starting pitching in there. It's killing them. It's really hurting them when you start Brian Mitchell every fifth day. It really is. And well, Brian Mitchell, and you have Chad Green Louis going. Sessa. I mean, you have a lot of guys, and to their credit, I don't want to take it away from them. They have pitched pretty well, and that's one of the reasons why the Yankees have been able to play so well since these trades. But at the same time, this team, you look at them on paper, they're not good enough to be in the postseason. So I'm not going to sit here and slam them for losing four in a row to the Red Sox. It's annoying. They should have won at least two of those games. But at the same time, this is a Yankees team that has given you exciting September baseball when it looked like they wait. It didn't even look like it. They were 
are waving the white flag at the trade deadline. Give credit to Binder Joe Girardi. He kept this team in it, and this team has nothing to be ashamed of the fact that they're even playing meaningful games. Us as Yankee fans, me as a Yankee fan, can appreciate the fact that even though they tr- they waved the white flag and they traded everyone at the deadline, they still were competitive, and they were in the conversation to make the postseason. That in and of itself is ridiculous, and you got to just respect it because at the end of the day, this team was not very good, and here they are on September 18th in the middle of a playoff race. You're right, and it, probably after this four-game sweep, and it, it probably is the end of that playoff race. You mentioned it five games back now, which is that, that at this rest point, in peace to the at, 2016 Yankees. And you're right, and at this point in the season, September 18th, you're five games back of a playoff spot. You know, unless you know you're the 07 Phillies, it, it, it's tough to to overcome that. Well, it, the Yankees win every single game left. They might make the playoffs. Right, but... But I don't think that's going to happen, Of course Daniel. not. So, and I agree with you, the Yankees have shown a lot, and you have seen uh, not only these young players perform, but you're right. You've seen the young players perform not in a season where the Yankees are 20 games over 500 in last place, but where they were for the most part through now the middle of September in the midst of, of an American League wildcard race. It was only five, six days ago that the Yankees were one game out of a playoff spot. Let's just enjoy Gary Sanchez and the fact that he He's has 16 great. home runs now, 30 RBIs, He's hitting 330. I mean, this kid is special. And if that's the biggest takeaway from this season, You're right. that's pretty good. You're Thanks for listening to the Asman and Budic Show. To keep up with the guys, like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter with the handle at Asman Budic Show.